Welcome to the Growing in Christ podcast, where we are rooted in living water and growing closer to our purpose in Christ. I am your host, Shador Foy. Now let's get growing. Today we are starting with chapter 9, and at chapter 8 we were talking about wisdom and who she was and how she came about, kind of how she had her own journey of growing in God, and we learned her background in different things. And it's still going in and talking about her in chapter 9. So we'll still be getting a little insight on who she is as a quote-unquote person. So I encourage you all to grab your Bibles, grab your paper, pencils, pens, highlighters, all that good crafty stuff, and we will start at verse 1. So it says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Verse 2, She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Verse 4. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him. Verse 5. Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mixed. Verse 6. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. Verse 7. He who reproves a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man gets himself a blemish. Verse 8. Do not reprove a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, verse 9, and he will be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. So, it kind of talks about, through these verses, about how wisdom cries out to the simple and to the people that lack understanding. And she says, come and eat of my bread and drink of my wine and, you know, sit and break bread with me and forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. She's talking to those foolish people and those people that lack understanding. Yet in verse 7 says, He who reproves a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man gets himself a blemish. So, it sounded nice, verses 4 through 6, when she was talking to them. It's like, oh, you're doing a good deed. You're going out to to the foolish, the ones who lack understanding, and you're saying, come, I'm wisdom. Get some of me, you know, have some wisdom, gain understanding. You're saying that to them, and that's all sweet until they reject you and you get shamed for it until they hate you and you you have a blemish for it, in other words, like you get a mark for it they they beat you up for doing that, you know, I'm just talking about how the foolish and how the simple and the scoffers they hate rebuke. They hate being rebuked and they will take it a step further and hate you for rebuking them. So 
although it sounds so good that wisdom is crying out in the cities and in the public places and that she's crying out on the high hills and she's crying out at the top of her lungs to the to the ones who lack understanding saying get understanding come here dwell in my house and eat bread with me and drink my wine though she's saying those things and it sounds so nice and she sounds like a gentle and sweet person they hate her for it the main audience that she is trying to attract not even she trying to attract like you know if if it was up to her she might not want them i mean a wise man will love you for giving them a rebuke a wise man and a knowledgeable man will love you and will cherish you and re rejoice that you even want to be around them and be with them like that seems like the more wise choice you know that seems like the wiser choice for wisdom to do versus being hated and being unloved by the people that need you the most but yet she chooses to go to them and to cry out to them just like with jesus when jesus came to earth and he went to the Gentiles. He went to the ones that were sick. He went to the ones that needed a healing. Though there were Jews and they were the people of God and they were looked at as righteous and upright and they followed the law. Jesus went ahead and he flipped the script, you know, and they, some of the Gentiles came out loving him. The ones that were didn't believe in God the ones that were the atheists the ones that were against God the ones that thought the Jews were crazy for believing in their God those are the ones that when they submitted to Christ he healed them and their hearts were changed so wisdom comes with a similar uh mission as Jesus did and in verse 10 it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which we hear that quite often in Proverbs, throughout Proverbs, is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We heard that in chapter one, and it is very vital that they push this to be able to have wisdom, to be able to say that I have wisdom. She is a sister of mine. She is a friend of mine. She is a close kin of mine. You have to first submit to the Lord, be in awe of the Lord and respect the Lord because that is what wisdom first had to do. Wisdom first had to fear the Lord before she was wisdom. She had to fear the Lord, be in respect for the Lord and be in awe of the Lord before man was even created. And when she was with God, when he was making the oceans as deep as they are and the heavens as high as they are and molding the mountains and shaping the valleys, she was there and she had to respect God for his decisions of doing so, be in awe of his creations and submit to his will and be there and submit and be a student and gain understanding. So wisdom is not just speaking from the side of her neck. She's not just talking utter nonsense. You know, she's saying the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because 
This is what I had to do. Wisdom is saying, this is my testimony. When I feared the Lord, that's how I became wisdom. So if you want to have the things of me, if you want to be like me, you have to do the same thing as I did. You have to fear the Lord. And I know as we're getting into chapter 8 and chapter 9, sometimes it's weird to think about wisdom. You know, you think of it as something and not like someone, but it is sometimes a better way to understand when you think of something as a person form. It's more personable and now you can put yourself in that position. Kind of like with Jesus, you know, God is a all-powerful being, you know, he is our awesome and mighty God, you know, yet he came in the flesh as Jesus Christ to make it more personable. Jesus walked a perfect walk. There was no sin found on him and he was in the flesh, but not of the flesh. And just seeing Jesus, now it makes it more personable. It makes God more personable. So when you think of wisdom as a person, it makes it more personable. And now you can, as they say, put yourself in their shoes. Now we can put ourselves in Jesus's shoes. Now we can put ourselves in wisdom shoes when we make it like us. And when we think of it in that sense. And the second part of verse 10 says, And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the knowledge of God is true understanding. So in order to gain understanding, it has to be given from God. Because it is the knowledge of the Holy One. It is the knowledge of God. It is a part of God. It's not the knowledge of the world. It's not the knowledge of Instagram. It's not the knowledge of Google. It's not the knowledge of the internet. It's not the knowledge of the television. No, but it's the knowledge of God that is understanding. So until you tap into that place with God to grasp his knowledge, you won't have that understanding. It's not the knowledge of Satan and his devices but it is the knowledge of the Holy One that gives us understanding. And then verse 11 says, For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. Verse 12, If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, and if you scoff, you alone will bear it. So if you are a wise person, you are wise for yourself. You can't be wise for other people. And now that I'm rereading this verse, it makes me see that you can't be wise to be boastful. You can't be wise to say, look at me. I know this and I know this and I know that because then you're wise for the acceptance of others. Now you're wise for the the receiving of others. But you have to be wise for yourself. You have to get into that place where it's like, God, I want wisdom because I need it. And then, and if you scoff, you alone will bear it. So if you're scoffing at wisdom, if you're just somebody that's like, yeah, right, yeah, right, or I don't need that, 
I don't need that. You alone will bear that weight of the foolishness. You alone, because it's always a choice. Either you want wisdom or you don't. Either you will be wise for yourself or you alone will bear the weight of shame and just that foolishness and not knowing. So verses 1 through 12 was talking about wisdom. And it gave us insight of who wisdom is and why she cries out to us and how much, what place she puts herself in. Like the foolish hate her and those are the ones that she desires to be her audience. So we see her in a new light now. And now we're getting into the part of the chapter where it switches from wisdom into the foolish woman. So, you know, when we're talking about wisdom and being a her, this is for the guys too. I mean, you might want to take notes for your your girlfriend or your wife, your future wife and different things. And also for yourself because you can be as wisdom too. And wisdom is crying out to you. And you should be a man saying that I want to seek wisdom. I want to seek her, you know. And then for the ladies, this is just to check ourselves and to evaluate ourselves. But now we're going into talking about the foolish woman and now we're switching from wisdom into talking about the total opposite of her so at verse fit i'm sorry at verse 13 it says a foolish woman is clamorous she is simple and knows nothing verse 14 for she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places of the city verse 15 to call to those who pass by who goes straight on their way, verse 16, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. So just right here, we hear that she is not quiet. You know, she's not truthful. You know, she's very clamorous and she she doesn't have righteous found upon her lips, you know. She knows nothing. She's simple. And she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest place of the city. So we knew that wisdom was in the high hills and she was in the public places. And she was calling out to different people. And she was saying, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. That's the same words as wisdom from a few verses before but like we said, like I said in the last podcast, this woman has a different agenda. This woman is not moving out of love as wisdom was. This woman is not moving out of the fear of the Lord and the enthusiasm of the Lord as wisdom was. She is moving with a crafty heart, with a different agenda. And then it says, as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, verse 17, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. So 
that's not what wisdom said to the man that lacks understanding. Wisdom didn't say stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. No, she said, come eat of my bread and drink of my wine. The wine that she worked for, the wine that she paid for, the bread that she made, you know, but she's saying that stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. That's what she's saying. But no, wisdom is like, I made this. So part of me is in this and I want you to gain me. I want you to gain the things of me. You won't gain the things of me drinking somebody else's water, you know? And then in verse 18, it says, but he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. So with wisdom, she said that come to me, gain understanding and get life. But to this woman, if you go to her, the dead are there. You know, the lively aren't there. No, the dead are there. And her guests are in the depths of hell. They're not living. They're not close to God through wisdom. They are in the depths of hell. So that's just something to think of and even evaluate yourself and others with. Just ask yourself, do I want to be a foolish woman or do I want to be a wise woman? Do I want to lead people to life or do I want to lead people to death? Do I want to point them to God or do I want to destroy them and take them to hell? Like you have to ask yourself these things and truly evaluate yourself concerning these things. Because though you may say the same thing and sometimes that's what mixes you up. It's like wisdom said, uh, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. Wisdom said that, and so did the foolish woman. So whose who's report shall you believe? You know, it's like, who who do I trust? Who do I go to? But you have to know that wisdom is moving out of love. Wisdom is not moving out of a hidden agenda as the foolish woman is. Wisdom, before she even said, come into my house, come here, come with me, she made herself known. In chapter 8, she was talking all about who she is. She said, wickedness is abomination to my lips, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. She was describing before she even said, come to me, she was like, let me tell you who I am. Let me let you know what my agenda is and how I move and how I walk, you know, and how I stand my ground. So we just have to, for ladies, we have to understand what do we want to be? Do we want to be a wise woman or a foolish woman? And for the men, you have to know what woman am I going to pursue? You know, and even in the sense of metaphorically like are you going to pursue the immoral woman in wickedness 
and always have feet running to evil? Or are you going to pursue wisdom and say, wisdom, I seek you. Wisdom, I love you for rebuking me. I love to get close to you. I love to fear the Lord. And I love to understand wisdom and gain understanding. So that's just something to think of today. And that is the end of chapter 9. And these verses, I don't know about you, but these verses and these chapters, these last few chapters have blessed my soul with a little bit of understanding of the background of who wisdom is. It really was a life changer for me. It was one of those words that can truly change your life. So I pray that it's the same for you all and that it just made you happy and you got some insight from it. And I pray that most of you all are wise and that you you loved the rebuke. If you got one, I know I did, you know, just being honest, if you got a rebuke, you loved the rebuke and you were like, thank you for rebuking me. Thank you for me having that conviction of walking in the wrong way. Now I can turn to the right path. So yes, I'm going to leave you all with that. And as always, I pray that you all have a blessed day and just keep on having a blessed year and really seeking God and fearing God in this year and just seeing the manifestation of your blessings. Not your imagination turning into manifestation, but the manifestation of your vision and of your blessing because a vision comes from God. The growing does not stop here. You can find the Growing in Christ blog on our website that can be found in our bio. Not only does the Growing in Christ website house our blog, it also shows you where you can find us on our social media. Always remember Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. For through this verse, we know that if we keep on trusting in God simultaneously, we'll keep on growing in God.